Welcome to Meteor Station Podcast 7, where today's theme is VR gaming, because we're bringing in guest Michael from Phaserlock, so that should be fun and exciting, which, I guess, spoiler, we already recorded that part, so we know it's good. There you go. Eat that. We've got... Oh, wait, what's the opposite of dramatic irony, where we know stuff the viewer doesn't? Um, that's just boring, true. boring relevancy. I love it. We've got some boring relevancy on the internet. So, <laughs> have you been growing? Oh, I guess first, real fast, just to kind of give a little bit of context for this podcast episode is we are recording this a little bit early, as discussed on last month's podcast. I have a kid on the way, and so it's going to make it a little harder to record this you know between then and releasing the podcast we're recording it just a little bit beforehand and so the news is up to date as of recording this but you know if something crazy happens we'll be able to jump back in and redo it and or just add it in or whatever so we've got you covered on news still so just wanted to give a little bit of preface for the episode. So Gruen's update might not be fully up to date. Just asterisk. Kick, kick it, Gruen. <laughs> um, my update is we are just planning some some light traveling. You know, we, we, there's there's a little bit of travel in our future but it can always be canceled if it needs to be. But uh, you know, we're just we're just living. We're just kind of same old thing. I'm I'm spending a lot of time in VR, surprisingly. Yeah, weird how that works when it's the the day job. But yeah, same. <laughs> just basically working on this content and all that for the time being and then I'll have a kid and then it'll be uh, diapers followed by VR followed by diapers. Hopefully yes. a lot of hand washing in between. We'll see. Yeah, and VR diapers I think is the wave mm-hmm. of the future. Yeah. Right, the tracking so that I don't even have to leave. So instead of, oh actually, oh my god, that's 200 <laughs> IQ. Okay, you ready for it everyone? Grin here's brilliant. So trackable diapers so that you create a VR game that's like you're diffusing a bomb but it's the exact flow for you know the diaper changing so that you don't feel like you're changing a diaper you're just you know saving the world oh diaper style you know relevant to VR gaming crushing it well done girl well points I'd love to let me know when that's all finished and ready to play. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I need to get other people addicted to that game so that I can go <laughs> sleep. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. But, well, yeah, I think we've got a great interview coming up because Michael is the CEO of Phaser Lock and they make uh, some great games and he's been in this for a long time as you'll hear and he's got some great information and stories yeah 
Yeah, definitely very fitting, great guest, all that good stuff. So I guess before we jump ahead to the guest part, we should talk about what's already been happening. And I guess, you know, we never really do the bookkeeping of our content and ourselves and whatnot. So, but it is, this is the time and place to do bookkeeping, right? So we, for anyone just tuning in, by the way, we're Meteor Station. We make fun weekly free VR content. And even if you don't have a VR headset, you can watch it super easily on like your phone by just moving your phone around and you can just get to experience it in a really cool way on YouTube or whatever, or you watch it on your desktop browser and you just click around so anyone can enjoy it. But free is, you know, a big take on there. So, but for the non-free side, we, you know, obviously we're releasing everything with, you know, no money-making options. So we do have a Patreon that we fail to mention 99% of the time, but we do have one. It exists. It's in the description if you feel like doing that. But otherwise, if you don't feel like doing that, subscribing and liking our stuff actually helps a ton. And, you know, we don't spam you with, please like our stuff. Just, you know, we'll mention it in these podcasts, but that'd be cool, liking our stuff. It's helpful. Yeah. So. Yeah, even if you don't like it, just like it. (laughs) 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 Moving along. Uh, So our previous post for the month of June, we had the podcast that was Useful Applications of VR where we brought in Lux from Flipside. So that was really cool as well. Flipside, for anyone that doesn't recall, it's a real-time animation thing that I guess the following week we proved we use because I made an animation called the Snake Pit where it's just a really short, just goofy, goofy animation. I, you know, when it's short, you can't really talk too much about it. But I guess the behind the scenes on that one is you can actually record in Rec Room with 360 video. And so to kind of give myself, you know, make my life a little easier instead of having to build crazy scene and then do effects myself, I just recorded my own camera and then shot little confetti cannons to make my life a little easier. So kind of a how it's made for that one. You know, usually I have to build things out, but got a little bit of rec room stuff on that one. That was, yeah, a tidbit. So after that, we have Budget Epicurean. It's raisin bread with a heart surprise inside. So, you know, that was actually recorded a decently long while ago at this point. But it's basically you make bread that's in the shape of a heart and you bake it into an additional loaf of bread and then you cut into it and oh my gosh there's a heart in here how cute so so you can surprise your significant other yeah or anybody 
<laughs> you you can surprise your banker, your insurance <laughs> agent. Yeah, I was gonna say you send it to someone that you just have this ongoing rivalry with. You just really hate each other. You send them this loaf of bread, and they just they've got to be so suspicious. Just like what they've yeah. done something to this, surely. And no, it's just this nice loaf of bread with a heart in it. But it really gets them thinking. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and but. and she, she's uh, she's a good cook, so it it's probably going to be easy enough that I could even do it. I'm guessing. Maybe she oh, does make it then, look easy. I'm not sure how okay. easy it'd be for the rest of us, but she does try to so make. You're not you're not backing me up other on that. Other can do. Oh, yeah. I, I have no idea. Usually, she does a good job <laughs> of making it so that everyone else can do it too. Who knows? I know. I know. I thought you were talking about my skills. You were not convinced in my skills. I, you know, I translated it to me when you said my, I thought for my own my. I know her (laughs) skills are good, but I'm not sure about mine. Well, speaking of both our my's, Gruen and I star in the following post, which is the quarantine pilot episode. I, I put quotations all over the place in the title and the description of that one because it's like i want it pretty clear that we don't think this is a real show we do have intentions of making real shows so i don't want this roped in with those but it is pretty you know fun and funny it's just you know us exploring a way to tackle these things but it's a semi-improvised right yeah and it was easy yeah so it's yeah. a semi-improvised show where the plot is essentially where two incompatible roommates that get into quarantine lock together. So we put together a pilot episode of that. And then, you know, yeah, people starring decide... Yeah, uh, starring Will Ferrell. Yeah. <laughs> is that your discount pen name? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so do you have any good behind the scenes on that one to share with the the internet? I I do. There is one particular prop that you took care of all that. You made the scenery and the props and all that like you did this particular world. And there's one particular prop that I really, really liked. Do you know which one it is? I, well, plants. maybe we shouldn't say. There was, the but there was, a, there was a bedspread involved. I thought it was beautiful. You do beautiful work. <laughs> I'm a good importer of free assets. That's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, and then... Upcoming stuff, things to look forward to, obviously for July. To no surprise, there is this podcast. It's the first thing this month. Huzzah. But after that, we've got, let's see, what do we have? Oh, duh, of course, we've got the Final Assault gameplay. So Michael from Phaserlock is the guest, and Phaserlock's most recent game is Final Assault. Do you want to chat about that one? I just, you know, it, we mentioned in there that in, in the interview, so I don't want to say too much about it, but we we jumped in and just started playing and 
you figured it out and you killed me literally many times. Yeah. It was and it was fun. fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we do it. Uh, but that's a good that's a good that, sign when you can get destroyed so many times and you still had fun. Had fun, yeah, yeah. I I really enjoyed moving the planes around and bombing you. Those I think bombing you was probably more satisfying. Yeah. Actually, it's probably a little more fun to win. My favorite part was actually when you bombed you. That was the best. That was my <laughs> highlight. So. Well, I did not watch a tutorial, so that's my bad. <laughs> but after this, because Gruen's right, we are going to be talking quite a lot about, you know, phase lock, final assault and all that. So we don't want to burn anyone out as a viewer. So let's move on to chickens, which is in no way similar. So... We it's just a, another little goofy short where Gruen here recorded some chickens and I did some ridiculous voiceovers and put these little animated mounts on chickens and to this day I'm not really sure why we did this but we did and you can look forward to it this month. Yes, it's your your uh, monthly dose of nonsense. Yeah, we are there to provide that. If there's one thing you can count on in this world, we can provide you nonsense. We're always there for that. Yep. Ready and willing. Yes. <laughs> it's our pleasure. Any, any other tidbits since you recorded the chickens? Any crazy... Well, I guess we should save the behind the scenes for the next one. My bad, my bad. We yeah. just tease it for this part. All right. So the, yeah. then the other one to look forward to is... A meditation, which, so if you're into meditation at all, there's this kind of meditation that's called light meditation, where there's like you're actually describing some sort of light thing throughout your body. So it's one of those, but with the lights of Niagara Falls in the background, which it, you know, at night they light up Niagara Falls. So kind of a nice serene meditation that fits the background and vice versa. Yeah. So. That is not nonsense. That's going to counteract the nonsense, I think. Right. Yeah. Well, we do kind of try to keep it pretty heavily varied so that whatever it is you want, we've got it somewhere. That's kind of been the goal. So we we do want to appeal to everyone. So then, you know, if you're not into uh -huh. silly chicken skits but you like VR cooking we got you you know so we got you yep well Very good. i guess should we chat about some news before we move to sure what do you got segment so i guess this one was super interesting to me but it wasn't VR related but i saw that some lady in Ireland, I believe, had four functional cones in her eyes, which most of us have three. And so she's able to see 99 million more colors than than you or I, which is so, so cool to me. I, I don't know if other people out there are going to share that interest, but just it's it's so hard to comprehend that you look at that and she looks at that 
and you're kind of looking at like it's like a dog looking at that versus me looking at that you know it's crazy it's kind of like a 1992 tv versus an 8k smart tv <laughs> yeah maybe also an app description yeah but you know bringing it to yeah, maybe that would actually be a, a hilarious use case maybe in games and whatnot she's playing them and she's like oof what is that really annoying streak of color you've got in the screen there what is that about like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah. all the annoying edge cases that hunt developers dreams just why why is <laughs> do yeah. we really have to deal with that uh, i don't and know i just wonder how did she come across this knowledge because agreed yeah yeah yeah, like she like wouldn't two. know that she was seeing more colors than you and I, unless she said, "What is that streak?" And somebody goes, "What are you talking about?" Right. Yeah, exactly. Just you're looking at a Crayola box, and yeah, you're like, why are these reds so different? They're not. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty Interesting. crazy. Yeah. But. Other than that, I saw that Blender got VR scene support, which is, you know, I am I'm so bad at Blender. It's comical how bad at Blender I am, because for the most part, my way to tackle a new software is just to start using it. And most software is incredibly intuitive. And so I jump in and I do what I think should work and it does. And it's great. And that's mm-hmm. how I've approach things so with blender i do something and it just like breaks the world or it doesn't do anything and it's just like however the creators of blender think versus how i think is polar opposite so uh, you know but you know it's not complaining obviously because you know a you get what you you pay for and it's free and it is actually really powerful and a lot of people do like it it's just i'm just saying like it's not how I think, that's all. But it is cool to see, yeah. like, because I, I am a trying to learn it because, you know, I, I am kind of considering trying to find something better to buy, but it's hard to figure out what that software ideally is. So in the meantime, learning Blender for 3D printing and hopefully eventually some VR applications if I do get a point where I don't suck at it. But, you know, it's cool that they're seeing the use case of vr yeah yeah i just saw that announcement um yeah somebody had posted the their screenshot pretty cool cool yeah it's they had some other stuff in that update i i just saw they've got this different way to make cloth and i just saw their examples like yeah that looks really good i bet if i used that it would look like some sort of jaggedy demon thing that would just horrify children that would be yeah what i would come up with there so yeah well we we both need to get better at blender i think i think that would be a good goal yeah probably true but i guess you know we had already kind of mentioned that uh we recorded this a little out of order but we had touched on magic leap a bit which we can touch on again a little more thoroughly here because last we had heard 
you know, before was, you know, magically playing off a thousand employees. And, you know, at some point, I don't remember the date where this number came out, but at some point they had only sold like 6,000 units, which they are, what, $2,300 a pop. So, you know, not wildly surprising that not everyone's clamoring to spend an arm and a leg, but it does, I mean, it looks cool, but I'm not jumping on that either. <laughs> it's, that's pricey. But, you know, now we've heard as of, you know, sometime in May, they had secured some funding. And I don't know if they had already laid people, some people off, but for the most part, it sounds like they're, you know, not having to lay off a thousand people. But or I guess before I keep rambling on it, do you have any comments on the that whole business? No, I think there are some smart investors because they they're obviously they've got technology that they're they're trying to perfect and they've they're in an industry that is just waiting to explode so they've got investors that are saying hold on hold on we still see the potential here we're not giving up on this so that makes a lot of sense and yeah i, th I think it'll pay off if they if they don't spend money like water, if they just focus on the the things they do well. Interesting. I do, so they did say they're moving more toward enterprise, which I think is smart considering their price point. Of, yeah. Because, you know, I, most consumers that aren't making silly money in their day job aren't going to just be like, ah, 2300 bucks. I'll just check my pants, see if yeah. that's just laying around there. But, you know, on the other hand, I did see like they had a number of like, what, 40 or $50 million a month of spending in 2018 or something crazy like that. And they're just, so they're burning through a lot of money, which, you know, I've harped on, you know, I think, VR is going to be good and I don't think it's dying and I do think it's growing, but I am a little, you know, on the other side, it's like, if you do spend too much, the industry's not huge yet. So you're, you know, only banking on growth, like of a pretty substantial size for when you're spending so much money. So, uh, if you have yeah. a thousand employees to lay off and still have employees, that is pretty huge. So, you know, just considering the the existing market and like, you know, a lot of users are on, you know, phones, PlayStation VR is doing really well because it's, you know, a lot of people that have the PlayStation can just get this one piece to add in and pretty easily get access to VR mm -hmm. and all this. So if you're, you know, how many people are you really looking at for making that money back? So I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea what their plan is, but yeah, ramping up has a lot of benefits, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah. Any other comments on that before I tangent us a little further? 
No, no. Uh, on other news or? Yeah, I just had one more thing. Yeah. So ahead, the only thing I'm seeing in the news, uh, I'll, I'll hold on to just in case it's the same thing you're going to say. Well, so I was just commenting on the SpaceX launch. Mm. Is that what you're no. doing? Different? No. All right. Yeah. So, you know, that was a recent success, but someone posted, I think I saw this one in Reddit, but they were posting that apparently you can go explore the ISS for like within VR for free. So I actually had not been aware of that. So if we want to go explore the International Space Station, we can just ah. pop in in VR and go do it. Let's do it. I was Let's go. Reading like, yeah, for reals. Oh, wait, there you it know, goes. I assume it's going to look like this, but, you know. <laughs> I just saw it just went by. Man, oh, I yeah, didn't realize yeah, it yeah. moved that fast. Wow, that was crazy. Uh, yeah. No, that's cool. How many let's, people let's just get together on that. tried to see it? <laughs> <laughs> Got them. Uh, but, yeah, the only other thing that I saw on the news, and I'm seeing a lot of this, and so are you, I'm sure, is that just all the different people that are realizing they can do a tour and they can they can open up their art gallery or they can sell art and and they're just um putting this all on VR which they should have done years ago you know at least a year or two ago but you know at least they're doing it now so yeah the, no specific ones just there's there's a ton of them though so you, if you're right. at home and bored and you have VR, you know, or even you, you can do it on a, on a flat screen and just move around. But if you want to go look at some art or take a tour of some place, you can do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For sure. And it is kind of cool that, like, so say an art gallery you know, you've got anyone that's in town visiting whatever, and it might be more appealing to the people there. Let's say this is corona-free situation and it's normal. Even then, it's like, okay, opening to VR, it might be slightly less appealing to a lot of people. You know, it is nice to go see things in person. But you're opening up to the whole world that has access to the technology. So, you know, it, it, just makes so much sense to and even then it's not like exclusively one or the other it just makes so much sense to be able to broaden your audience pretty yeah. quickly and i don't know necessarily easily depending on what it is you're doing but once it's built then maybe it is easy so going forward that is but yeah yep expand right. the horizon all well, right. Well, let's head into this interview. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's grab them. So we have Michael from Razor Lock. Welcome. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what Phaser Lock is, and all that? And what sure, Space Badger absolutely. 512 is. <laughs> of course. Yeah, that's that the is critical my... piece. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> So, uh, Michael Daubert, I'm the CEO of Lock Interactive. Um, I've been in the game industry now for almost 25 years. 
So my my history goes way back to the Saturn and N64 days. So early on, I was at uh, Iguana Entertainment, and we did the Turok, the Dinosaur Hunter franchises. Um, worked on uh, NFL Quarterback Club, NBA Jam. Um, was over at uh, Sony for a long time for DC Universe Online. Um, and um, yeah, and then when uh, I was a fr- I was an animator, so then I went back to freelance animation for a while. And uh, got with some guys, and uh, we uh, the game jam. Uh oh, you're you're locked. I think up. we lost him. I think he's still there, but something's locked up. Uh, I think he had. Um, we got locked in a warehouse for for two days, and uh, we had five guys. But uh, Valve actually came down and stayed with us for the whole weekend and gave us access to the the headset and the controllers. And it was cool at that time because none of these were like mass produced, right? They're all 3D printed. So they were very like, you, you couldn't, they were locked away. They were up on a, on a, a separate floor. So we'd be working on the ground floor in like Unity and I'm working in the SDK. And then the test it, you'd have to walk upstairs, assign, you know, get an assigned time to actually play with the system, test out your system, then come back down and make changes and back and forth. So they were very uh, uh, cautious about anyone touching the controllers or anything because they were, they literally were 3D printed and there were only yeah. at the time, like maybe like a hundred um wow. in the in the whole world at the time in there and and they were constantly updating these things so the early version of what the uh vive uh controllers look like don't even aren't even close to what um they are now i mean they used to be like big yeah. sticks with big paddles on the end of them with sensors that you were pointing <laughs> off of that so um so real quick but yeah uh, so we did yeah, you did cut out for a second. So this is you were locked in early. So you're locked somewhere for a weekend with early vibe stuff. What was the lead into that? Because you cut we, out for a bit. You you came back when when uh, you started talking about the having to go upstairs to the unit to to check and see what the work you've done was. Oh sure, yeah. So we um, they were very uh, protective of the headsets. Because they weren't mass produced yet. Everything was 3D printed. So we had to actually work on the floor and the base floor and then, uh, you know, get our builds ready. We'd upload them up to the top floor and then go uh, reserve your time to actually play with the controllers. So the controllers were very flimsy. They were 3D printed. So very easily breakable and... Because of VR, uh, the crazy thing is everyone was making things where you wave your hands around, move your hands around, move everything like this. And, and just imagine being Valve with these 3D printed, you know, uh, uh, controllers. They're like going, don't hit the wall. Whatever you do, and people are like be banging them together. And you're like, no. So you have to be really careful with it. But that's funny. Uh, the cool thing is, is the game got really was really well recepted um, during during the game jam, and uh, a week later, we actually signed with Valve to be one of the first uh, ten games to be uh, on the uh, for VR when they launched. Awesome! That is pretty. Yeah, and that was a, yeah. that was your first game. What was what, which game was that? So that was Final Approach. 
So okay. final approach is like a, um, it's hard to describe it. it it's not a flight simulator. Um, it, it's like uh, you have airplanes flying around your head and you reach out and touch them and drag paths down to get them to land on the airport below. And you're kind of like in God mode. Um, right. But the cool thing then is when you land them, you click on them and then you zoom down and now everything is full scale. So the airplanes are all full scale. Everything is in, in real scale. And you had to like put out fires on the airplanes or scare uh, seagulls away from the, the flight plan. Uh, you could also um, <laughs> land airplanes on aircraft carriers and then uh, go down and uh, uh, take over some of the rocket launchers and missile launchers and machine guns and so it's really really taking advantage of what is cool about vr you know being yeah. able to be at this full scale zooming down but it was like an interactive toy set that you got to play with yeah 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 pretty cool what inspired your all these games you've made what inspired final approach and you know final assault and all that what gave you the idea and made you want to tackle this genre because i haven't seen other things really doing similar in terms of gameplay? Yeah, I think uh, Final Approach was um, two of the guys that were working with us at the time were pilots. And the first thing they wanted to do was a flight simulator. And this was early DK1 version. This was early VR. And we played with a flight simulator for about a good uh, six weeks. But when there was no more uh, garbage cans to throw up in, we said, okay, yeah, no more flight simulator. This is, this is it. I'm, I'm not joking. I think uh, a lot of the early developers need to get a lot of credit because where VR is now, six years ago, and I'm, I'm, I'm serious when I say this, we were curled up in balls in the corner, pale white and throwing up. But we're yeah. like going, that was so cool. I love VR. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this was awesome. We're going to figure this out <laughs> in there. So everything that uh, people complain about now, if they get any type of little motion sickness, that was nothing compared to what yeah. we had to do back then. Because back then, even the, you know, the camera system wasn't set up right. So your eye distance could be off. You couldn't adjust the eye distance manually or the focus was off in there. You couldn't figure that out. And, and of course, being just game developers, we were trying anything right at the time. We're like, let's see what yeah. VR can do. Let's, let's put you on a roller coaster. Oh God, get us off the roller coaster. No, <laughs> no roller coaster, you know? And so, um, but we really, we really wanted to throw up. <laughs> well, it, it was funny. We we would like uh, be doing things and then like call in one of the other guys. Like, hey, try this out and hand him the headset, knowing it would make him sick. <laughs> you know, and let, let's see if he can handle it. Uh, not good, huh? Nope. So, but <laughs> that's um, hilarious. But we did want to keep around to the airplane side, and we felt that we've had a really cool. A play mechanic of being at this God mode and being able to control things around you. And yeah. that's what led us to once final approach. Um, then when we started on to uh, final assault, which is the RTS we just launched, that really played into the God mode about being able to have your yeah. army in front of you. It, it makes you feel like a kid again, that you're playing with army, your yeah. army toys and your, and your soldiers. 
Yeah, yeah. we, as you know, we we tried it out. We made a gameplay video that we're going to post, and and we just we loved it. We had a great time. We did one thing that I'm kind of glad we we did not watch a tutorial. So we just got in and just <laughs> okay. tried to figure it out. And it worked. I mean, we figured it out. He figured it out a lot faster than me. I don't think I even got close to winning once, but it was a blast. Yeah, that's the... So long as... I, I think if you skip the tutorial, you're not allowed to complain about not understanding things, which we did not. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a yeah. lot of fun. I, uh, I, and yeah, it did feel like really intuitive. It was just pretty quick. I found the menu. I was like, oh, I see you buy stuff. Okay. Oh, here's this. Oh, you direct it. So it's like, it, yeah, it felt really intuitive to play and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. The, the, team good spent a, the team spent a lot of time on trying to get you into the game as fast as possible. Right. Yeah. And so the game controls and the game mechanics should be straightforward and understandable very quickly. But the strategy is where it takes the time to play over and over and over to really build up because, you know, with our different generals and our different um, unit types, um, we really want to give the players multiple ways to, you know, stack up their army and um, have different defenses and different attack uh, types. Um, play the game they want to play, play the game they want to play, but still have multiple uh, strategy uh uh, choices. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, again, I haven't really seen many things like this and, you know, obviously, uh, I guess it kind of made me curious if you guys had any interest in getting into esports because, you know, Starcraft was one of the huge esports back in the day and currently VR esports have kind of looked into it a little bit and it's, honestly kind of underwhelming stuff like speed run or like just running like this kind of things and whatnot but you know a cool god mode rts kind of made me wonder if that was a space you guys were eyeing or anything so we are in esports so oh, um we go. were actually <laughs> <laughs> so uh last year uh we were the first game to be selected for the world cyber games out in xi'an china and um, it was the World Cyber Championship, which our VR championships, which didn't even exist. So this is the first time they've done it. But um, so we were invited out there, but we created a whole front end uh, eSport e uh, um, camera system where uh, two uh, casters can be in at the same time. Up to six people can be viewing it at the same exact time and you can see each other's avatars and playing through it. We have a scoring system. We have a whole UI was up there. So uh, we were out awesome. there last year and was, was a huge success. So we got a lot of publicity off that. We've also been in the um, VR Masters League uh, for the last two years. So you can go and join in tournaments on that side of it. And now that mm -hmm. we just launched on the PlayStation VR, the PSVR, we're hoping there's going to be more uh, uh, user base that goes in there. So cool. we've had uh, about three seasons right now. Wow. I feel like I should have known that. That's, that's, awesome. <laughs> that's not, really yeah, cool, not a problem. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Well, it, yeah. it's the industry is young, you know, and people are looking right. for, you know, when they jump in, it, it's kind of uh 
Uh, we, we call it the VR anxiety. You get VR on and you want to try everything you can. I want to see what VR mm-hmm. is out there. I want to try every single game that's out there. But now that it's kind of settling down, it really is building into the esports side and the competition and the uh, community is what's really important um, on our side that we want to support and keep this thing moving forward and then try to get it out there on as many platforms as we can and on different channels for for the esports side. Um, I mean, we'd love to be invited back to uh, uh, WCG, you know, when when all this Corona stuff gets done or whatever. But um, being on a big stage like that, that's always... It was, it was one of the big dreams of ours because an oh, RTS belongs huge. in esports. So right, that is yeah. huge. We should do some tournaments, and then you could excel, and then I'll pull you down. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's one idea. Uh, <laughs> but we do have we do have leaderboards um, up on our our site right now, up on our Discord as well too. Um, we've got some very competitive guys. We've got guys that take it very serious. Um, right now, we've got uh, we've got players that have got uh, you know 400 uh, almost. There's one that's got over 700 hours logged um, wow. in the game. So um, getting to that leaderboard and getting to that top, it's not going to be an easy. <laughs> uh, no, cha- it's a, a big challenge for you. So yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. I I could easily get addicted to something i could easily spend a lot of time if, if i get into it so i'm i'm kind of careful just to play and get out and play and get out so, <laughs> yeah yeah well we've been, well our, our guys i had to tell the guys at uh at the studio that uh, they're not allowed to be ranked anymore because they were taking it so oh. they, they love playing their own game yeah. Um, and so they were seeing where they could push themselves up and they're like, uh, the other guys are like going, Oh, wait a minute. The, the uh, phaser lock guys are in here again, wiping us up. And they're like, okay, guys, no, you guys can't be in the ranking mode anymore. So that's funny. But Actually, yeah, I can so- definitely see there's, there's a lot of room for like strategy and, and getting so good. You could definitely just dive into it and spend hours on trying to figure out the best way to do all these different methods. Yeah. Yep. What were you gonna say? Uh, just yeah, like the sheer amount of game time adding to the ability because you had mentioned Sony Online uh, DC Universe uh, when you're saying who you were, which another thing I hadn't realized, but I was uh, fresh out of college and came over to them and did uh, QA for that. Uh, so, oh really? Yeah, I was there. Um, but I I play I got so ridiculously good at that game. I remember when it came like for the general public to be able to play it. It might have been like close, you know, just like anyone outside getting in. I don't remember if it was like a beta or what. But I remember there were two level thirties just as you get out of the tutorial and you're like level four. And I killed them both because I had played like so many thousands of hours at that point. Just like because you know we we're doing you know 80 hour weeks of just playing this game over and over it's just like oh yeah uh, but <laughs> the uh yeah i i get it with your guys with ranked though that's and it's uh cool that you guys are setting up a ranked system that's so smart for you know maintaining a um passionate user base because uh, you know just having the ability to climb just really motivates people but it kind oh. of uh got me curious if you guys are doing like 
so you've got head-to-head mode. Are you guys going to do more team-oriented things? Like, maybe not on, like, Final Assault, but, like, on a future thing? Or, you know, is it, you know, going to stay head-to-head? Which is also, you know, very viable for esports and stuff, but... Yeah. Uh, right now, we're looking at what the challenges are of VR. Um, uh, multiple, you know, having multiple people in a uh, a game at the same time um, has quite a lot of restrictions. And depending on what headset you're on and what device you're using, uh, you got to take all that into account. You know, so um, there's some games that lend themselves for multiplayer and having multiple people in the game at the same time with lower you know fidelity graphics so that it can support that many people because mm-hmm. the, the one thing we're finding right now is we really feel that vr is almost um taking us back to our n64 days or even the saturn mm-hmm. days right is it's really not focusing on the graphics it's the fun factor if you can make a fun game the people people will come i mean you, you take a look you know uh, a pistol whipped and uh uh, uh Beat Saber and Super Hot, they're not pushing the graphics. They're not pushing the graphic levels um, on those. But those are some of the top selling games because of the fun factor. So it really comes back to taking, you know, kind of the shackles off and saying, don't don't worry that you have to be a triple A looking game, be a triple A playing game in VR and the players will come and the players will stay. So mm-hmm. trying to do, define that and trying to figure out where that landscape lay, uh, lies in the future on the different headsets is really going to come down to the type of game and the type of um, uh, users and uh, I want to say um, the scope that you want to deliver. So like, like right now, we're, we're at our next game, um, we're really pushing more towards the Quest and the PlayStation at that level because we really feel like the Quest is going to be the entry-level uh, VR headset for the normal player, just anyone walking up the street grabbing it. And we've been promoting to friends. And I'm sure you guys are the same too. The Quest is the easiest thing to jump onto, and, mm, and right. really, it's it's limited into it. But if you're if the fun factor is there, people will understand it and they'll be wowed by it. If you haven't played, you know, um, uh, Alex on a high end system, you're not going to realize how far you can push the graphics. But jumping yeah. into the quest is awesome because you just you just put it on and they get it right away. They they understand it right away and they're like, this is great. And it's the base to build on to go forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I you know, someone recently came asking, you know, what should I get? And it's like, all right, what do you want to do? It's like, I want to play Beat Saber. You want a quest. <laughs> That's what you want. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the yeah. PlayStation also makes sense. Last I saw, like they what had what is like a really high portion of the market, which makes sense if you have a PlayStation, it's like an add-on, and suddenly, boom, you have yeah. access to all this good stuff. So yeah, definitely makes yeah. a lot of sense. And and your uh, your graphics in your game are fantastic. I mean, yeah, it's really. I don't, I don't know too. who you have doing that, but <laughs> but obviously, well, big, they... big shout out to our art team on that side of it. But then oh, also the, the the programmers themselves also. Um, optimization. Um, people don't may not realize that um, we put a RTS in VR. I, I mean, there is hundreds of AI moving at the same time that have to interact with each other, and then shoot particles and explosions and animations that have to be driven on that side of it. 
Plus, right. yeah. we, we draw a lot. I mean, the player can see quite a lot that's going on there. You can zoom down into the world and the graphics still hold up. And, you know, it's, it's like a little diorama that you get to play in, in there. So we're really proud with what we were able to pull off, even when we had to optimize going down to the PlayStation Classic. Is we were able to keep that fidelity as well. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate it, and I know I know there's a lot going on, but if I think too much about it, my brain hurts. But he's more of a programmer, so he he probably could. Yeah, I, I understand what you're more. doing. It, it's like yeah, and like just how well and fluidly everything works. It's like you know that's a feat in itself. Like you know, it could probably be you know releasable with you know little bit of jank but no it's just smooth through and through which i appreciated so yeah we've got we're, we're still balancing we're still got some uh minor bug fixes and chain and stuff but what we're proud about was it's it's hard to even put this into a genre because it's a rts meets a moba but how the control factors work you know not the control scheme about being able to pat things down and put them in loops and controlling them and, and pulling them back i mean it's something unique on itself and Sometimes the videos that we put out and the trailers we put out don't speak to it. It, it really is like we did a, uh, a free to play weekend uh, one weekend and um, we had over like, like 800, uh, 600 people jump into the free to play weekend just mm -hmm. to test it out. And that's what it takes is for the people to get into the game because yeah. it's hard to show VR in a video until you're actually right. in it and you're fully immersed in this. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could see people appreciating it from a flat standpoint, but then they put on the headset and they just are, are going to be overwhelmed. So, yeah, t tell us about the Simpsons deal. The Simpsons video. The, Sim the, the Simpsons video. I have no idea what it is. Have yeah. you not seen it? Oh, on YouTube, there's a Simpsons cartoon that it looks like they did a kind of a shout out to your games. Really? I'll send oh, you a link. I, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I'd like to know about that. What's uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought for sure you knew about it. I'll, I'll send you a link when we're done here. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. We'll post it in our podcast too. Yeah, so yeah we'll post it. The viewers can see it too. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Man, and any shout out from The Simpsons, you'd be like, woohoo. Yeah, for real. That's like, well, speaking of which, that, that's are the holy your, grail. Are yeah, no kidding. Like rock stars at school, because they know you. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so I was in, like I said, I've been in VR from the very beginning. Um, you know, so back in 2014, 2015, it was great because at the school they would have, you know, um, career day. And uh, yeah. so I would come in and I bring some of the new headsets. I'd be showing these off and just yeah. seeing some of the other parents. Like there was, there was one lady who was a chiropractor and she had a skeleton up there and all the kids were looking at the, at the skeleton, but they kept looking over at my table, looking over at my table. And, you know, and then, <laughs> and then they come over here and then afterwards the, the, the lady comes over and she goes, oh gosh, I'm, I'm glad I got to go before you because I would not want to have to follow to you you know in there so um and my my daughters have street cred there's no doubt about it because they know that uh everyone knows their dad uh you know not only works in the video game industry but also does vr 
and uh, they come over to the studio and do tours all the time. Each class comes over and does it. So, um, nice. yeah, my, my kids are getting street cred, no doubt. Good. Yeah. Good. There's gotta be some Very benefit. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you guys have a, so outside of your own games, do you guys have a favorite or do you in particular have a favorite VR game that you enjoy? So uh, we are diehard Beat Saber here at the, mm, at the yeah. house. So we have competitions. We have our own leaderboards. Um, it's hard to even beat um, <laughs> my oldest daughter. Um, we're, we're diehards into that. Um, I am my second, now my second time round through Alex. So um, when you want to see what VR can be and where it can go, there's no doubt Alex is the benchmark on that side of it um they've touched on so many different um aspects of the immersiveness everything from you know climbing to grabbing to um the combat side of it but then also the the storytelling and the visuals i mean that's what you expect to see when you went and saw you know uh, ready player one Right. You wanted to get in yeah. there. And until we get into treadmills and walking systems or how to get fully immersed into it, it, it seriously is one of one of the best uh, ways to say where where VR can go. Um, I think the next big challenge is I really want to be able like this, be able to see more realistic avatars. I want to be able to see realistic motion and movement of the player. I want to play multiplayer with that um, real time feel that you get when you when you did watch you know ready player one um we're we're years away if not, not decade away from getting to that level of just the power and computing but um it's exciting to see that the AAA studios are jumping in and saying you know hey here's where we can be let's let's strive and see where we can where we can take the systems because um the systems are out there but if the games aren't there if the content's not there to to sell the systems VR is going to drive up, dry up, right? So yeah. we have to be pushing as developers. We have to be pushing it out there on what makes this unique. Why I want to put a headset on outside of a pancake uh, uh, system, <laughs> and what's the what's what what's the draw to keep me coming back to it? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. and, and the way I always cool. explain it. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Uh, just, I was just going to comment on the Alex one. It's like you were saying it, you know, pushing the envelope and whatnot and how good it is. It was just cool to see the, uh, the spike in users, you know, even go up slightly after that on like scene VR and whatnot, just yeah. record number of, uh, slightly it went <laughs> no, 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 like, so yeah, it, it skyrocketed, but then like after that, it kept going slightly up. Yeah, like it's, it's still, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's even still growing, and I think that it's got, uh, it's proving that you know even in the situation, the world situation we're in right now, the cool thing about being in the game industry is everyone wants entertainment. Game industry is always going to be solid. People are going to want to have more games in there, and you know even the sales are going up across the board on all the the major titles, but mm -hmm. it's also showing how immersive and how you know. Um, uh, the, the desire for VR uh, right now is the perfect timing. It, it's like a proving ground for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's kind of interesting that people like Magic Leap had a big layoff and 
Samsung oh, VR actually. is getting is getting out of it, but then Apple's jumping into it, and that's so, that that's going to be interesting. What were you going to say? So with the Magic Leap thing, uh, I was just saying they actually secured a bunch of funding, so they may not be doing those layoffs after all. That's the latest word from oh. them, but you know we okay. can. Well, the CEO is still on stepping down, I guess. Another yeah. time, but yeah, like anyway. But, you know, even selling so few headsets, they're still able to secure funding because they've, you know, VR is still a promising, still like, you know, six years old or whatever, but still nascent feels like, you know, so. Yeah, new, and there's new way. headsets coming out. There's HP is releasing theirs, and there's another couple that are coming out there in that $600 range. And then with Apple, that could be anything. I mean, they, they might miss the mark, but I think they'll come out and do something that'll be kind of the next level for, yeah for the i think apple is is doing it smart they're letting everyone figure it out they're <laughs> they're letting us see where the where everything's gonna lie because you gotta remember too that when apple came out with their phone they weren't the first ones out right. with a smartphone you know they yeah. and, and it took like eight years for that thing to take off so it wasn't just a hit off the out of the uh out of the box either so i think um they're sitting back, they're watching, they've got stuff moving as well. And then um, Apple's going to do it right as well. As, as you know, they, they do it right. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they can come out with and get there. And then hopefully there's even more headsets. My, my big uh, you know, shout, shout that I want to kind of put out there, you know, to the, to the, not the developers, but the actual um, HMD uh, developers is we got to get the price down. That's that's mm -hmm. the biggest thing. I think if we can get this down to you know 199 would be the ultimate. People would buy exactly. in in a heartbeat. 199, yeah. you know. But you're talking 399 to 499. That's a that's a PS5, exactly. you know that I that I can go yeah. get, you know. So if they get the headset price down, the, the players they'll, they'll be more out there, and then go off the sales of the of the the games themselves you know that that's yeah. the way the consoles work we take uh, when we're at sony we took huge hits on the console development itself knowing that mm -hmm. the revenue is going to come from the the games themselves right yeah Makes sense. i wonder if that's well actually never mind that i, I was going to say i wonder if that's because like you know you set up your console and then like say valve or the Vive, uh, Valve does that or whatever, HM or HTC, there you go. Uh, say they do that, and then it, the users are buying, like, all these Oculus games on Revive or something. I don't know, but, like, yeah, I, I agree overall, though, for sure. Um, yeah, well, it would be... Everyone's doing cross-play now, too. So, I mean, we, right. every game that we develop for, we make sure it's cross-play. We want to make sure, no matter yeah. what, it's playing across all, all the HMDs. We don't want to leave anybody out on that side of it you know where you buy the game well that comes down to the um the public or that you know htc or oculus how well they set up their stores and and marketing and everything else so right yeah i definitely appreciate when people do make them non-exclusive to one platform that makes life so much easier than yep. you know using wonky controls that are meant for a different system so yeah that's always so nice. Just for uh oh, it's his turn to He's lose connection. 
Or he's Everyone just, freeze uh, like him. <laughs> Maybe he's trolling us. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll pretend. We'll pretend he's still talking. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> that was a good freeze frame, just like the old <laughs> movies. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I don't know what happened. Um, so, anyway, I was going to say. So, what what are your hobbies outside of VR? Oh, uh, hobbies outside of VR. Um, well, I am a diehard nerd, so I'm a comic book collector and movie. Uh, movie side of it, um, but also um, my kids are my hobby <laughs> right yeah, now. I would yeah. say love spending time with them in outdoors and um, as much as possible because I live and breathe video games and VR. You know, once I take the headset off, I try to really uh, get outside and and immerse myself in the real world and before yeah. I put myself back into it. So, gotcha. Yeah, that makes cool. sense. So I guess before we wrap up, you had talked a little bit about the, you know, Alex showing like the potential and like, you know, what it be like once we do have these omnidirectional treadmills and stuff. So I guess what game do you wish existed? Like, you know, if you had a budget of a trillion dollars, what, what <laughs> do you wish could exist? Oh man, well, I mean, Half Life was the one everyone was dreaming. Was I mean, that's what we grew up on. So I mean, that was one that they've already they've already brought there. Um, True. Yeah. You know, it it it's crazy because you know um, that's the full immersion side of you know kind of getting to the first person shooter feel. Um, I don't know if there's like a, a game that I would I would die to have ported. I would rather have them take that money and create something that just doesn't exist. That makes us all go, holy cow, that could never exist outside of VR. Like mm, brand yeah. new game genres that just take full control of all the power of VR and give us something brand new. Because um, just a quick note, like this, this was, you know, almost 10 years ago. I got out of the game industry because I was bored. I, like everything had been done. First person shooter, third person shooter, MMOs. I'd worked on almost all of, you know, all the major um, uh, genres. I just wasn't being challenged anymore. And I wanted mm. to go back and just be a freelance animator and was doing commercials and, and other projects. But VR sucked me back in because... I love what you can do in VR. I love right now that we're at this early landscape of VR that's not even defined, right? I mean, there is no, there's no rule book that goes, here, here's the rule book. Here's the only thing you can do in VR, right? I mean, and the great thing with, with indie developers, we're breaking every rule in gaming there is just mm -hmm. to see what works in VR. And that's what gets me excited about it is because it is, you got to treat VR as its own genre and what kind of games can we get into VR that redefine what those genres are as well. So I have an answer. Yes. Yeah. The, ga the game that I would like to see you guys would not like because of the nausea <laughs> factor, but it's Joust. Oh. Mm. I think that Once would be great get, because you're sitting on the, the goose or whatever the thing was, the chicken, no, it was an ostrich. Ostrich. And you're just jumping around and, you know, level to level trying to get the, yeah, that'd be so cool. Oh, yeah, we'd throw up a lot. It'd be fun, though. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I think too is once as VR is evolving, you know, the motion sickness, um, the free roaming people have gotten used to. And they've actually said that. They're like, listen, I've trained my body to get used to it. It's not that it doesn't mm-hmm. um, uneasiness, but I've gotten used to it. I love that feeling, you know, where other people are still on the teleporting side. Once we can solve that, you know, once we can get past that, you know, I think that's going to open up like you were saying, you know, joust or flight simulators or, you know, like I want to be in Top Gun. You know, I want to be flying an F-15 and doing barrel rolls and everything and making it feel. But even in real life, doing barrel rolls in an F-15 will make you throw up. Yeah. So yeah. how is it any how is it any different? You know, so <laughs> if they can't figure that one out, you know, then we're kind of kind of screwed right there already. So yeah. Yeah. Did you have a game you want to see? Donut? Uh, uh you know, I I want an epic MMO. The one I've thrown out before is the Pokemon MMO. I can't believe they haven't made it cuz they'd make so much money. Um but like, you know, just an epic MMO. I I of course you know, I have come from a game background as well, so I have ridiculous number of games in my head, but and I have this like picture of the perfect MMO in my head that's just like, I wish that existed and you know, I can't just go make it. So uh yeah, that's what I would enjoy having. But yeah. well, I get excited to see you know, my my kids um, are getting into the VR side and they're getting excited about it. Um, what are they going to have when they're our age? You know, it, it's going to blow my mind because we I didn't I really didn't think I'd see VR in my lifetime. We've seen so many variations all the way back to the late 80s of what right. VR could be. And um, it, it's kind of powerful now, but oh my gosh, just think about how fast. And you can think too is technology always starts slow and then it ramps, right? And yeah. we haven't hit that ramp yet with VR and it's going to, you know, the chips are going to become more powerful, just like PCs. You know, the motherboards become more powerful. The graphic cards become more powerful. Same thing with VR. They're going to get smaller. They're going to be more powerful. We're going to be pushing those boundaries. But um, we got to come back here in 10 years and do this again and then look what our <laughs> avatars look like and then see what it is, you know, because yeah. I think, I think we'll go like, remember, remember back when we had, you know, just barely our arms are all flapping all around and everything, you know? And yeah. so, well, you know, so about like the older games, I think what I consider my first VR experience was not VR at all. Do you remember dragon's lair? I think it was called. Yeah, absolutely the game it, that seemed like vr even though it was a video game in a box but it it just had this whole different feeling and so that'd be another one that'd be interesting if they brought that back but i was going to ask I thought you, you i thought you were going to say battle tank remember battle tank oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Your, you looked in through the periscope yeah yeah and all, all we had right here, no. i mean that i can remember going to the arcades and putting up you know two dollars worth of quarters up on the top i'm like nope i'm here for the next two hours see ya so yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, that was kind of a VR feel. What was your first VR experience, Donuts? Uh, I don't know that I have a good answer. Like, you guys have, may have just been, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I honestly couldn't tell you. Dud. Yeah, an arcade or something. <laughs> I don't know. Probably an arcade, because I think some arcades had some very primitive VR stuff. A long yeah. time ago, but then it kind of right. came and went. 
But, they had, uh, I remember at the arcade too, they had, um, God, this is, this is like 20 years ago where you could actually go in a, like a half built mech system. You know, it was like 20 bucks. You paid $20 for to play, you know, like 10 minutes, but you sat in a mech and it closed up around you, but then it yeah. had like a 180 degree screen and you could yeah. fight the other guys in the mechs, but, um, it, it, you know, it moved, it had shock, it had, uh, uh up and down on it like this and it would shock right. and hit you with it. And so that was similar, I think the VR kind of feel to it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You did those. Yeah. Nauseating for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me. But I don't get nauseous in VR usually, but anyway, what were you going to say? No, I was agreeing. I spent too much was, time was that a challenge? playing Battletoads. So. <laughs> yeah. I, what, what was the challenge? Oh, uh, to make them sick in VR, if you want, you can. Uh, I can help you out there. You've got experience. You could we could yeah. do we could do a live cast oh, and we could go through games and I'm not even talking about launch games. We could just do like, hey, everyone send in your early builds and play through them and then see who can make it through. <laughs> and then we keep eating different foods and I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm we just I, I inherently struggle with motion sickness, so like games that let me teleport, I still do it. So it's like I, you know, I I do more and more smooth motion just because, like you were saying, you get used to it. But my body naturally is like I'm poisoned. Time to throw up. Not good. Yep. <laughs> so do, do you run or teleport in in paintball in rec room? Um, I I have free run. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm free running. So I'm paintball. A, there, yeah. There's like people that get really upset at the teleporters. Yeah. But um, I think until we can find a balance that goes through there, you know, like I said, me personally, I want that free uh, roaming and that free movement. So kind of yeah. training my body in there. And the guys at work laugh because I was actually the canary of the company. So <laughs> like I was the first one to throw up on anything. So we're like, <laughs> no, we're teleporting. We're teleporting. You know what? But, um, we got a little, um, uh, our lives a little bit easier because spoiled, I would say, because final approach or final assault, you know, you don't have to teleport. You don't have people say, like, I wish I could teleport. Like you move the world around you and stuff like this. And there's yeah. no nauseous whatsoever, you know, because you have that right. full movement of moving it up and down and around with that. But then when I get back into first person shooters, I'm like, oh my gosh, I miss Final Assault. I then <laughs> no problems with that. So Yeah, no, it definitely tackles that problem. But we make some videos on the weekends that we put out just we're always trying to expand our knowledge and try different things and just to promote VR in general, we put out a video every week. And when I do one like this last weekend, I had one that that is slow moving, but it's constantly moving and he hates those. But <laughs> I don't know if, if I, I don't think it really caused a lot of nausea, but you know, it wasn't I, fast moving, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I watched it on a flat screen so that I, you know, I, I just think they, the videos that aren't moving can be watched by more people, but you know, from a creative angle, you know, you got to do what you got to do to get your, you know, video made the way you want. So, yeah. Yeah. So well, I was, different, but... oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. 
No, no, just last thing, and then the nauseous stuff is, uh, you know, <laughs> me personally, I was the guy that threw up at Blair Witch when it came out. Oh, so yeah, when yeah. that was at the theaters, I was I was literally on a blind date. And I oh, threw no. up in the theater. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a second date here, is there? And I'm like, yeah, no, there's not going to be a second date. Was it because it was that, what, what do we call that That kind of motion? Hand cam? Filming? Yeah. Nausea yeah. vision. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, which we should make that the, the theme of this podcast is nausea. No, 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 no let's not do that. Yeah, we'll go with <laughs> then you get branded. That's the last. The, the last thing <laughs> yeah, I ever want to hear in any of your reviews is nauseous. Don't don't use that word anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that was a joke. True. But I was going to ask you. So I know you're very involved in the VR meetup in Austin, and they've stopped the meetings because of what's going on. But wouldn't it make sense to meet in a place like this or Alt Space? Absolutely. It's been talking right. It's funny she said because it's um, we're trying to schedule a meeting right now and how to hold the next one virtually. And can we pull something like this off in there um, and and give these give people these kind of experiences? You know, um, I think mm -hmm. it lends itself to it. You know, get as many people in here and talking about it. Um, it's a little bit more difficult controlling it. You know, when you've just got masses around and stuff, so there has to be a little more structure to it. But that's exactly what we're talking about right now is, is can we actually hold the next uh, meetup and then be able to share, you know, share videos or share demos or something through this that people can actually experience, you know, um, from the safety of their homes. So, yeah, it could totally be done. You can have like in alt space. I'm not a fan of the the avatars that they have but it's you can have 40 people in a room which right probably would be pushing it you I, I think there's more than 40 people involved but yeah <laughs> yeah i think uh last time we looked uh the austin was like in the top five when it came to vr meetups for um the amount of people that we bring in so um, we're really proud of uh, being there at the beginning of VR and we're constantly growing it and we want to expand it. And, and when the time is right, you know, we'll bring people back because, you know, sharing headsets is probably not the best way to, you know, social distance. But yeah. uh, uh, being in VR is the ultimate social distancing. Right. So. Yeah, I hope exactly. we put that together. Yeah. And just briefly going back to the earlier point of you know what could all become i i do think like you know there's going to be a a big equipment improvement like you know we're talking omnidirectional treadmill but like kind of like you know leap motion's got these really cool hand tracking things like if you can step and although i guess you want to be able to like have the resistance but i don't know i think some sort of cool equipment thing is going to get made and that's going to be that like you know the next you know they'll make that and then all the developers are going to do creative solutions for Go it towards that yeah yeah we'll be able to because you know you make something and then people come up with the ideas you didn't even think about for the thing you made like so quickly so yeah but Absolutely. we've talked about it we've talked about it before but i think when mario kart comes to vr that's going to be the biggest thing. What oh, is? Have you played it? Yeah, it's. But hey, no, it's only. 
arcade version or arcade. is there a way to yeah, oh, yeah. Right, right but i mean yeah at home like yeah the, but i i got to the vr arcades are some of the best vr experiences you can think of they they seriously yeah. are because they take full advantage of the haptic suits they spray a little bit of water or wind at you and stuff but uh we were over in japan for the tokyo game show two years ago and so we got to visit a lot of those and i got to play i, I stood in line for two hours to play uh, uh mario kart and it was totally worth it it, oh, it wow. seriously was because it because when you've got the the motion of the car going at the same exact yeah. time, you're moving your arms around. I right. mean, it was oh, it yeah. was so much fun. I can't wait. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I I agree, and I I'm sure like I have no doubt that what's happening with my hands or not. There we go. Um, <laughs> but I have no doubt that the uh, having the actual car there in person to be able to grab an actual steering wheel and stuff would be the best experience but if i can have a slightly lessened experience that i can play from my room i will be yep. very happy to pick that up so if they put that for sale that will be a good day so but i guess uh if well we should probably wrap it up so if you want to Give any last shout outs or any anything we haven't really talked about that you wanted to mention. Uh, I, I just want to I'm gonna floor. Yeah, no problem. I would give a big shout out to the to the phaser lock team themselves. I mean these these guys are are rock stars. These guys um I'm I feel so proud to to work with them because um, we're, we're diving into something that, um, I said before there, there's no rule books, right? We're, we're making this up as we go along. So the programmers themselves have to, have to figure out a system that there is no, um, user manual for, right? And then design has to come up with something that has to never existed before or can only exist in VR. It takes full advantage of the power of VR and then, you know, the artists themselves, they get to stretch their, their legs a little bit when it comes down to the graphics, but then it also comes pulling it back into the optimization side of it. So um, I really feel that we've put a team together that are, are really um, pioneers of the VR industry. And we feel lucky to be where we are. And we also feel lucky to be among the other studios that are just crushing it, right? I mean, there and and the gaming industry is is a great uh, community and culture, but the game devs themselves have a great communication, a great culture. Um, almost any game studio that we go to, that we we meet up with at some of these, you know, at, uh, at GDC or E3 or some of the events or you know OC6, they're the nicest guys you could ever meet, and they're as passionate about VR and gaming that we are. So I. I love this industry. I, I love the people in the industry. I love our team that's in here and, and you guys, you know, taking your time to, to actually keep promoting it. I mean, that's, that's, we need more of that. We need more uh, creator content coming out and more, more people in and talking about VR because there's only so much we can do with the game. We can make a great game, but if no one knows about it, it's a great game that just sits there. So I want to say thank you yeah. to you guys for, for having me on the show. All right. Well, thanks to Michael from Phaserlock for joining us. There's a lot of good stuff there. Pretty easy to talk about VR games. It's, you know, obviously a passion of his and pretty fun from our perspective, too. So, any yeah, thoughts he, on that? He one? is one of the pioneers, and so he has a lot of good stories, good information about it. Yeah, it was, I, I had no idea that he was at 
uh, DC Universe, but it actually, I guess, makes tons of sense since he's in Austin. But yeah, it, he has quite the repertoire at this point. Oh, yeah. So, in general, not just. <laughs> I will never excuse my French. But I guess, so that was a lot of good stuff, but it did go pretty long. So we should probably rapid fire our first part, second part segment. And if you had any okay. final thoughts, we can bring that in too. But this would Let's just go. be VR games that should exist. Yes. You ready? Yes. First part. Second part. Explodey. Bunnies. Okay. Gruesome, but I like it, you know. What if yes. it's only some of the bunnies are explodey, and so it's like an infiltration mind game where you don't know. So someone's got the explodey bunnies, but they're putting in some nice bunnies too and some like everyone else has normal bunnies they're putting through but the guy with explodey bunnies can put you know every now and then he's able to sneak one in with other people so you can kind of mind game people like who really has the explodey bunnies that's blowing things up you know yeah or it's yeah it's kind of like the old maid game you don't know if you're going to get stuck with the explodey bunny or a regular one so what do you think Exploding Bunny is? I I don't uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know that my brain wants to go there because it it wouldn't be good. <laughs> I think we rapid fire into number two. You exploded your bunny on that one. All right. Number two is not First. very elegant either. All right. First part. Second. One billion abyss. One Isn't billion that, abyss. I think we just both looked out the window on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think this so is we've, it. We've created space, the game. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Riveting. Although, actually, okay. I don't know. Let me know if this is too sacrilegious. But you get to play as a deity and create, so it's like a building game, but you're creating the universe. So you get to make little, you know, cold planets that have nothing, but you get to make planets with, you know, the human Earth planet, and you get to make these aliens that get to, you know, uh, live nearby and come in and probe hillbillies, you know. Uh, you get to create meteors that come in, I shouldn't say meteors, uh, comets that come in, hit Earth and do create disasters. You know, maybe maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's one billion abyss. How about you? What do you think? Uh, it, to me, it just sounds like another uh, end of the world because it's the year one billion and it's, and it's, uh, the everything's been destroyed, obviously, because mm -hmm. it's an abyss. Okay, so we've got two bleak titles. Should we try a third Only one? Only in your interpretation. I I had like you know mafia slash secret Hitler in the first one, second one, 
and you get to, you get to be a deity. That's so nice and uplifting. Building stuff, Mister Down in the Dumps Worlds Destroyed guy. Jeez, <laughs> it's me. All right, you have to go first on this one because I jumped the gun on the first two. Although I'm not making your job any easier because uh, second part. Okay, so you want me to go first? Unless you already had a second okay. part, and then I'll switch mine. No. No. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Pancake. Meringue pie. We went very Ooh. food. Wow. Uh, I don't see a game there. I Yeah, I see fry battery pie. Which is, you know, an interesting take on things. Oh, maybe it's uh, an some sort of. Well, now I'm back to space because I'm imagining aliens, but some sort of, you know, someone that has no idea how to cook at all, and so you're just like you've got shredded bits of a cookbook, so you're trying to make things work for your restaurant, but. You know, you, you've got to make pancake meringue pie is one of many, many things, or <laughs> lobster day yogurt or whatever. Like, I don't know. It sounds duddy. I don't think it worked. The only thing I could see is the the character you become is is a pancake, and mm. the world you're moving through is a meringue pie. How and it would be a horrible work? game. I don't have okay. any idea. Yeah. Pancake Should we try a fourth one just so we get a winner? Yeah. Well, yeah, the third one wasn't a winner. I, I'd play the first two. But really? All right. I mean, might yeah. revisit the name on the second one, but. All right, what do you have? Um, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's fine. You ready? I'm ready. The Cliffs of Hammer Time. The Cliffs of Hammer Time. All right. Tell us about the Cliffs uh, of uh, Hammer Time. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing. All right. Cliffs of <laughs> Hammerton. Yeah. Yeah. I think it they can't all be winners. With, That's well, I, I think you're in non-belief mode where it's like we come up with eat saber and you're like, ah, it's nothing, nothing there. <laughs> I think I would say that. I don't know why. Right now I think beat saber, I'd be like, Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I think the cliffs of hammer time, like, you know, I'm just kind of imagining these, you know big uh, it's like the grassy plains up on these high cliffs and crashing ocean below and you've got mc hammer you know knockoff as your main character battling the peasants for some reason with you can only move rhythmically for some reason you can only move like via dance and then you have to fight people with your dancing. They're okay. They're breakdance fighting. 
Maybe that's what, <laughs> it's the game okay. of breakdance fighting up on the mountaintops. That that was helpful. That was helpful. All I right. think I will just build on to that and say that yes, we we have to get MC to become part of the project. Uh, but you you play it's it's kind of can I say it's a Beat Saber knockoff now that you've said Beat Saber because. Now that I picture it, you are on the cliff, and things are coming at you. Your back is to the uh, the ocean and the drop off, but things are coming at you. And as long as you can ward them off, whatever that is, through the music of MC Hammer, that you know, or whatever the beat is, you gotta you gotta keep up because once you don't, you get knocked off the cliff. Mm, and of course, you come well, back. You you get three you get three lives. Yeah, you levitate through the power of music. Yeah, yeah. So you re respawn. Of the rhythm game. It's more like a MC Hammer dancing game. I think I see it. I still yeah. yeah. I think moving around the map via dancing would be hilarious, though. So I still. Think I'll lean toward that one for my own yeah. gameplay preferences, but well, instead of a, I like dancing, a lightsaber, but... instead of a lightsaber and things coming at your head, they're coming at your feet, and you got to dance on them. So it's kind of like that dance, dance revolution thing. And as long as you yeah, hit the, yeah. the squares, you're okay. Right. Yeah, we need I mean, uh, feed trackers. It, yeah, yeah. So as bad as that is, that's my favorite. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Do you have any closing remarks for the VR game episode? No, I just hope that people will share what their favorite game is with us because we're always trying different games. And even if we've played it, we can comment back on on what we think about the game. And yeah, we just want to hear what your favorite game is. And hopefully everyone will go try Final Assault and all the VR games that you can. I know there, it's not like an endless amount of money, but but yeah, you know for the, that is for the price you 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 do get a lot of enjoyment out of it, and you're probably not spending as much by not leaving the house either. Yeah, that is a hard thing, and that's one area where I really appreciate games that do uh, samples of their game, where you can play a little bit and see if it's kind of thing you want to do because uh -huh. like you know uh racket nx that one i think just hearing about it i wouldn't have probably been interested in it but after playing the demo it's like oh wait this is actually really cool and yeah. then in the other part of that demo reel i did of that that's been a while ago at this point but you know quiver was fun but it's like okay well there are a lot of games that do, you know, bow and arrow type gameplay. Like I can just go play Skyrim if I want to do, you know, everyone's all about that sneak archer. I'm, I'm melee archer, you know, right in their face. But no, uh, but yeah, anytime, because you are right, there are a ton of games out there, uh, which is awesome. It's great, but it does make it hard to know. You know, if I don't want to be spending a bajillion dollars, which ones do I actually want to go pick up other than, you know, the really big names? So, speaking of which, is Melee Archer 
a game name out there. I like that for a game name. It, but maybe. I think that should be a game. That's our Melee game. Archer. Ready? First part, second part. Melee. Archer. Hey, Potato. I love it. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a third so, parter. Darn. Hang on to, uh, so next week after this podcast. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to have Am the gameplay for Final Assault. Here? Yeah. So, so yep. check that out. Yeah, we had a blast. To it. Yeah, yeah, it, it was good times indeed. Catch you then. All right. Internet.